and welcome to Homelessness Matters, a brand new podcast brought to you by Emmaus. Homelessness can happen for many different reasons and to people from all walks of life. To shine a light on some of those reasons, we're bringing you a mixture of stories from people who've experienced homelessness and now live at or have recently moved on from one of our communities across the UK. In this episode, you'll hear from Phil, a companion at Emmaus Coventry and Warwickshire. Before joining the community, Phil experienced homelessness after losing his job, family and home due to alcohol addiction. Through Emmaus, he's received the help he needs with his addiction to get back on his feet. Then you'll hear from Johnny Schindler, the support manager at the community. They met our host Katie for a chat over Zoom. First question to you, Phil. Um... Where did it all start for you? What, what does your journey look like? Okay, so how did my journey start? Um, in October 2018, I was sent to prison for six months for a drink driving offence. Um, so I served three months in prison. Uh, and as a consequence of that, obviously, I lost, lost my job. Uh, there was a relationship breakdown. Um, and it resulted in me being homeless. Um, so on the day of release uh, from prison, I came to Emmaus, uh, Coventry and Warwickshire. That was in 2019. Kind of thinking about your life at Emmaus now and thinking about life before when you were experiencing homelessness, is it a big difference in, in kind of what your day-to-day routine looks like? Um, when you were experiencing homelessness, what did that look like? Okay, so homelessness for me um, was, yeah, a very tricky thing. I'd always worked, I'd always had uh, a family, I'd always had a house, I'd always had a car, foreign holidays, you know, Um, and then suddenly to be in a situation where you feel like you're at rock bottom, um, you are very fearful because you're not sure what's going to happen or how this is going to work. So when I first got to Emmaus, I was a little bit broken. Um, I've been dealing with uh, alcohol dependency for quite some time, which resulted in the sort of prison sentence. Um, So it has changed. I've changed quite a lot since I've been here with regards to how I deal with things, how I face up to things, um, and trying to grow as a person to get to a stage where I can get back into people would call a normal life and be a part of society in an independent way because when I first got here there was no way that could possibly happen I was uh, you know an absolute shell of a person and it's only through being here that I've gained confidence I've gained skills I've learned to be a little bit more interdependent in preference to being independent and trying to do things for myself and by my own strength uh, because a lot of the choices I've made have not been the best ones um, so to have the support um, and people that can help and guide you and to be quite patient and gentle with you um, has made a massive, massive difference. Before you were at Emmaus, was there any kind of services that you that you were able to access um, before joining the community? Um, so obviously up until being sent to prison, I had no issues as such. Uh, with regards to money and accommodation and what have you. And it was only the prospect of leaving prison and literally being given a bus ticket by the prison and goodbye. I had nowhere to stay. So I accessed uh, some of the resources inside prison um, around mental health, 
um, and housing, and it was them that knew of Emmaus and managed to secure me a place here. So getting here on my first day, I had no clue what to expect living in a, a homeless community with 16 guys I'd never, you know, didn't know. It was really quite daunting. Um, but luckily, through Emmaus, I've managed to gain access to effective healthcare. Uh, I was given access to counselling, um, support with looking at rehabilitation around alcohol, so be that through AA or the local um, drug and alcohol partnership within Coventry. Obviously, we have support sessions with our support team. Um, so, yeah. Sounds like you've had access to kind of a, a real breadth of, of different support services. So that sounds really, really positive. Next question. What would you say you're most proud of um, in your kind of journey to where you are now? I think for me, I was always quite socially anxious. I suffered with anxiety and depression. Um, never used to take my medication effectively or regularly um, and was quite an insular person and always tried to do things off my own back and for myself so quite a selfish person as well um, I think what I've learned since I've been here is that is not uh, a healthy way forward so I'm much more open now um, I've built some quite strong relationships with both you know the staff and you know fellow companions that are here I realise that asking for help is not a weakness. It's probably a sensible thing. Um, so I think how confident I am around others um, has improved dramatically. You know, if you'd have asked me three years ago, would you like to record yourself doing a podcast, I'd have run 100 miles. Um, so I think, yeah, just my confidence in who I am and my ability to be with people and around people and also try to help people has improved greatly. And that's something I really value. Oh, that sounds incredibly positive. Yeah. We've all got that tendency, haven't we, to kind of just be independent and do everything ourselves. But like you say, it makes such a difference when you can actually feel like you can ask for help and you can be part of the community and stuff. So, um, yeah, that sounds really, really positive. So do you, um, yeah, what, what was kind of the adjustment like when you moved to the community and you were then surrounded by um kind of a group of people you, you didn't know was it did it take a while to get kind of settled in and so yeah when I first came it was totally different uh, I only ever had a small group of friends um, a lot of what I used to do would be around my partner or my family and we were kind of a little bubble on our own uh, so to come and meet 16 people all different kind of walks of life and to have to live with them and work with them was incredibly challenging and I think I hid from it a little bit when I first came. Obviously, we have our own space here. We have our own rooms, the single rooms. And I spend a lot of time in there and not really engage as much as I could. Um, so it's quite daunting, quite hard. Um, but then you realize everyone's here to help. Everyone's, you know, from a companion point of view, they've all been in a similar place to me. And they understand what it's like to come to a place like this. Mm. Obviously, the staff are incredibly supportive. And you slowly get to know people through working together, eating together, and sort of living together. So it, it took me a long time to adjust to it. Um, but I'm glad I kind of persevered with it and sort of didn't panic. So what are your plans for the future? During my support sessions with, you know, my key worker, um, we've discussed moving on plans, what that might look like. Uh, what the options available to me, um, 
when might be the right time where it's going to be a successful move and not just a, an opportunity has arisen and you kind of jump into it without forethought and careful planning. I've had the opportunity to do some training, which is career relevant for me whilst I've been here. Um, I've been encouraged to understand how the social housing system might work and look like because, you know, before being here, I'd never, I didn't even know what a council flat looked like or never mind how to apply for one. You know, there's, there's no sort of deadline of when you're at Emmaus, you can be a companion. You know, the, 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 the phrase is it's a home for as long as you need it. But I'm thinking maybe next spring, start the summer, um, get back into employment, maybe a house or something like that. Just take it quite gently. Kind of what career are you thinking and what um, training have you done at Emmaus to support that? Um, so I've always been in hospitality and catering from when I was 17 right the way through until becoming homeless. Um, so I've plenty of um, experience within that industry. I've had the opportunity to refresh my relevant certification uh, to be able to work in that industry. And lucky it is an industry currently that has quite, um, quite a high level of vacancies. So there is employment available. It's just finding something that's not too much pressure. You know, running a hotel is not the easiest job in the world. So I need to kind of pitch myself at, you know, what might work? Does that look like part-time maybe? Does it look at like something that's slightly um, not as high pressure to not as much responsibility within the same kind of industry? Um, and that's something that obviously I explore with the conversations, you know, with people like Johnny and the other support staff. Well, I don't think I would go back into kind of front of house where the alcohol is involved. I would, stay, I would stay back of house in the kitchens, which is my main passion anyway. Um, but cooking is still something that I really enjoy. Um, and I know I'm not too bad at it. Do you do um, some cooking in the community then? Yes, absolutely. So someone is tasked each day uh, to keep the communal areas clean. Uh, and then they will also prepare the evening meal for the companions. So we're at about 20 portions of food. So it could be fish and chips, could be a roast dinner, it could be a curry. Um, so that's something I do really enjoy. And uh, that was something nice, actually, that happened in lockdown. So I used to do the house a lot and got an opportunity to work with someone else that maybe wasn't confident on how they could make dinner for 20 people. So we started to kind of teach people to cook. We wrote them a recipe book of basic things that, you know, they do. And if they followed it, it was going to be OK. Um, so, yeah, I found that really rewarding. Mm. That sounds great. So you kind of had a, an opportunity to kind of coach someone else in in um cooking skills yeah so there's a guy cooking lunch uh, dinner for everyone today that you know i kind of work quite a lot with during the lockdown uh the guy would admit that he used to be able to burn beans on toast uh, we've all um, been there tonight he's making us a homemade curry <laughs> yeah yeah but today's making us a homemade curry from scratch not even a jar sauce absolutely from scratch um so yeah it's wonderful and it's a great way of getting to know people as well as that rewarding sense of being able to coach and mentor people in something that you might have skills in that they don't yeah ah, that does sound really really rewarding and also yeah it the community benefits because you've got a lovely curry today so yes absolutely <laughs> I think a lot of people think homelessness is a problem, um, but I also think some people think it's purely the fault of the individual and there's nothing in society to blame. I think sometimes people 
perceive homeless people to have made that choice. They've decided to be in that position. Um, uh, I think people misconceive the idea that you know they're probably criminals or they're you know drug addicts or alcoholics, um, which you know may be the case. And I'm sure there are you know homeless people out there that have got substance problems. Um, but it's, it, it, I think we label people too quickly, and we certainly don't realise how close any of us can be to homeless. You know, we think about hidden homelessness, uh, where people are you know staying at their partner's flat. You know, well, technically they're homeless, they're sofa surfing, and we don't kind of see this, and we don't talk about it enough, and it's a bit of a taboo subject. Yeah, oh, homelessness. We so, you know, if you ask someone, their mental picture would be someone sat on underpass begging, sat in a sleeping blanket, and that's not necessarily the case. Yes, there are people in that unfortunate situation, but it's a much bigger picture than we realise, and it's much closer to home than we realise. Yeah. Yeah, I would completely agree. And you hear all the time, don't you, about hidden homeless and how it's such a, a kind of a bigger issue than, than we think it is because people are just kind of going from friends to friends or family members. And, and like you say, actually, the root is that they're, they're experiencing homelessness. They haven't, got, they haven't got a home of their own, so they are, they are homeless. Yeah. It's really interesting. Final question. Why should homelessness matter to our listeners? It's, it's a problem. It's a problem throughout society. Part of it is society's problem through the cause or the fact that people haven't been able to get recourse to you know, the support or the housing that they need. Um, it affects people's lives in permanent ways. You know, homeless people are three to nine times sorry, more likely to commit suicide than someone that isn't in that situation. It's something we all need to take a bit of responsibility for. We need to educate ourselves on how it is and how it's working within our community because it affects communities as much as it affects families or individuals. Um, and I think basic human compassion should make us realise that this is a problem and it's something that we can fix if we have a bit of knowledge uh, and information and, um, you know, together we can try and come up with a, a sustainable solution instead of trying to fix the problem maybe address how it how it starts or how it you know in the first instances how do we avoid that i completely agree kind of the the systemic roots um of the the issues rather than just maybe fixing the the effects and the kind of the, the things that you see thanks phil no problem that was phil a companion at Mayor's coventry and warwickshire now you'll hear from johnny schindler support manager at the community what changes have you seen in Phil on his Emmaus journey? Phil's mentioned some of it himself, but I think when I first met Phil, obviously he'd come out of prison. He's very insular, very quiet person. He was open with me, you know, he struggled with social anxiety. And, you know, over time, I've just seen him kind of grow, grow as a person and become more confident. Some of the stuff, you know, obviously uh, Emmaus, we've helped him, but he's also accessed help elsewhere. He's told you that he's had counseling he's through AA and a, th- a thing that I think Phil might agree with as well that's really helped him also is um, his connection with church and it's just really nice to see someone like Phil from where he is from where he was to where he is now and he, like I said he's a much more confident person as he said in the past he'd never do a podcast podcast like this he's also um, done an interview on a local radio station in Coventry uh, BBC Coventry in Warwickshire and um, 
yeah, I'd say the main thing with him is the confidence. But the other thing that I think is really nice to see with Phil is because he's been here a long time now, and he mentioned this previously, is that he's helping others that are here. And that's the nice thing about Emmaus and the, and the community spirit that, you know, the, the companion he mentioned earlier who was really kind of nervous and had not done a lot of cooking and with Phil's skills, he's helped that person. Yeah, he's become quite a popular character and people turn to him and it's and obviously he gives them support as well. So, yeah, it's a big change from, from where he was. I've been at Emmaus since 2017. Initially, I came here um, in the support worker role. Um, in 2019, I became community support manager. And basically, I'm still doing a bit of both. Like, I do, we do have a support worker here, but we both have like a caseload of companions where we, I mean, we, we support all of them, but if I have a caseload, I will do obviously the like their outcome stars, what tailored support sessions with them. Being a manager, I also have the responsibility of um, the referral process, you know, making sure, you know, we, we keep the place full occupancy levels, um, that sort of stuff, making the community safe. That's the most important for me, is keeping people safe and making sure that they feel comfortable in, the, in that environment because we only work here mainly from nine till five, but this is their home. So... I think for me that is the most important thing that I'd like to think my job is is making sure the companions feel welcome, they get on and, you know, they can call at home. And that's what I would say is one of the best things about Amaze Country in Warwickshire. I think we get a lot of feedback um, from others that have been to other places that there is a proper community feel here, you know, where everyone sits around and has dinner together. You know, 16, 17 lads, and you would think not everyone's going to be best friends, um, but, you know, you'd think they'd be at each other's throats sometimes. And I don't think it really happens that much here. You know, it's... And I'm sure, you know, to a degree, it is quite, you know, it's just a really nice community feeling. Why should homelessness matter to our listeners? Yeah, again, just picking up on what Phil said, it's, you know, being homeless, it's a very dangerous place to be. You know, you, you are a lot more likely to die on the streets than you are being, you know, in having your own place, having the basic needs of food, warm, you know, and comfort. And I think it's important to raise the awareness, you know, of homelessness in, in terms of the stigma that it holds that people do. Again, Phil's covered this a bit, you know, that a lot of people, and it's through no fault of their own, some people are just oblivious to it, but people think that if you're homeless, you're probably taking class A drugs, it's probably your fault. And you have the, you know, the people that say, why don't you just get a job? And, you know, that's not always the case. We see it here at Emmaus all the time. Sometimes you end up homelessness through relationship breakdowns, through financial troubles. And, you know, when you give someone a chance, obviously, if you're homeless, a lot of them, you know, you don't have a bank account. You don't have any ID. So you're stuck in that cycle, aren't you, where if you don't have a bank, you don't have any ID, you don't have a place to call home, then it's it, we, we see here that it's a struggle to break that cycle. How can you get a job? How can you receive benefits? You know, so... We, you know, we've had people come into Emmaus and if they've got that help to get ID, to get a bank account, to, you know, um, do some training, development work on their own mental health, we can see how much they can flourish and the potential they have. Well, that's lovely. Thank you both so, so much. That was Phil and Johnny there. Since recording the episode, Phil has moved into a new home and gained employment too. You've been listening to Homelessness Matters, a podcast from Emmaus. We'll be back soon with another episode. If you've enjoyed this one, you can like, comment or leave us a review. See you next time.